Hi, you're listening to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business, the podcast for trade business and contracting bosses like you and your partner who want to lead with confidence, make more profit, and create a better lifestyle. Are you ready to fast-track your freedom and have some fun? With your hosts, fellow trade business owners and husband and wife team, Andy and Angela Smith. And uh, welcome back to another episode of The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business. Woohoo! Yeah, I <laughs> love being back on the mic, having a chat with you all again. It's good, hey? Yeah, me too. But I reckon what we're going to do, Ange, is we are going to jump straight in. So could you dip into the tradie toolbox for a question for today? All right, let's do it. You can do the honours. Drum roll, please. This is a good one. It's from a plumber in Victoria and they write, I know I need more staff, but I don't know if I should hire a qualified plumber first or an apprentice. Hmm. That is a great question, isn't it? And I've had this same question many, many times in the past. And really, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons of each and decide which would be best for your business. So I definitely have some thoughts around this to share on this topic today. Uh, I've got many thoughts, many thoughts. (laughs) But just to mention the word of apprentice has brought up a bunch of memories of me, which I think everyone will have a good laugh at. Oh, lucky us. Got to love a story. You know what? I think a lot of people have heaps of funny stories when it comes to apprentices and mainly their own personal story, I'd say. You know how you see those viral videos about apprentices actually having tricks played on them that some might say are probably pretty stupid and maybe really embarrassing? Yeah, there's going to be there's some there's some pretty tough and actually mean and bullying ones out there. Um, mine wasn't about that, but yeah, geez, I tell you what, if I tell you this one, you're going to totally think, what is going on with this Come guy? Come on, let us but in. <laughs> we had work experience, you know, at school. I went to a an incredible school called Narrabeen High in Narrabeen in Sydney, and and I had to go do some work experience for this plumbing company, and um, you know, went for a week and. And I was the type of kid that I just wanted to do everything right. So I, whatever they said, I would do it. If they said jump, I'd be like, how high? You know, so I, I was really getting stuck in. And, and this one day, it would have been about three days in, we're doing some chasing and we'd um, chase some brickwork out and, and we'd run some pipes in the brickwork, me and the other tradie. And, and he said to me, okay, he said, what I'm going to have to get you to do is you're going to have to go and get a bucket of steam. And I went, huh? A bucket of steam. He goes, yeah, yeah, a bucket of steam. And I said, well, why is that? And he goes, because we're going to steam these pipes to make sure <laughs> the copper's looking nice and shiny. And I looked at him. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. I said, well, where am I going to get a bucket of steam from? And he said, well, you know down we're on a big development site, like a 40-storey building, right? We're only about two grounds, um, only two storeys out of the ground. And he said, you know, down there near the shed where all the labourers and that, near the lunch sheds, he said, yeah, he said, there's a house next to that and a couple of the labourers are renting the house. So I went, okay. He said, so go down to them and ask them if you can get a bucket of steam. And I thought, oh, shit, okay. Um, I just laugh at myself thinking about it now. But anyway, so I grabbed this bucket and I wandered down. I knock on the door and this big Maori labourer guy, we've all seen him before, he goes, hey. I said, hi, mate. I said, I was just having a chat with one of the boys. He told me to come down and, and get a bucket of steam. And he, he sort of leant back and laughed. Said, yeah, mate, no worries. Come on in. And he, he dragged me into the place and he, 
he um, took me into the bathroom. He said, okay. He said, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to turn the hot shower on and then you can collect your bucket of steam. And then he left. And I went, oh, wait, just before you go, I said, well, how am I going to collect the bucket of steam and how's the steam going to stay in the bucket? And he went, and he went mate, you wave it in. <laughs> he wave it in and he said, get one of those towels there and put the towel over the bucket. So I've turned the shower on full bore, the room's full of steam, and believe it or not, this is so embarrassing, believe it or not, <laughs> I was dead set waving this steam into the bucket. <laughs> Seriously. And then all of a sudden I just went, are you kidding, mate? They're taking the piss. They've got to be. They've got to be. So I opened the bathroom door. All this steam comes piling out and there's about five or six labourers there having their lunch and they just piss themselves laughing and I'm like, oh, my God, I will never live that down. It was just ridiculous. And I I know anyone listening now would go, who, who would be that stupid? I'd have to say I am dead set putting my hand up I can't believe it. I was that stupid young guy that just got <laughs> stitched up big time and I took the bait. I can't believe it. But we all know, we, don't, we all know, times have definitely changed and I do not recommend putting your apprentice through anything like hazing them in, in any sort of way these days. I know it was a good laugh and, <laughs> and it was a good laugh and at my expense, but you definitely don't want to scar anyone for life. And no. bullying's a big thing in the construction industry these days. It's certainly not like it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think these days it's about being mindful, not hurtful, right? I read an article the other day where a qualified tradie from Melbourne was actually warning kids away from joining an apprenticeship and that only 55.7% of those who start apprenticeships actually complete them. It's insane, yeah, right? That's that's interesting. Only fifty percent or fifty-five percent. And and um let's face it, we need more tradies out there and people just going into the TAFE system has dropped off dramatically. So, you know, um, yeah, so we, we've definitely got to be looking after these guys because they are the future and we need we need tradies to be able to help us out. I probably wouldn't have gone as far as saying don't do an apprenticeship. I mean, I know there's some rough stories that are out there, but times have definitely changed. I mean, did the tradie actually explain why? Well, the article went on to say that he started out as a bricky apprenticeship and he was in an environment where the team he worked with were doing drugs at lunchtime and then driving around later throughout the day. Well, I think that's a pretty good reason. Um, if you if you've done your apprenticeship in that environment, then that's definitely yeah. No not, wonder he's scarred. Yeah, no wonder he's scarred. Okay, let's get back into it. Qualified tradie versus an apprentice. I've been faced with this decision plenty of times over the years with Doctor Drip, and I think there's a few different questions and scenarios that can help you decide on which way you want to go. But it does really depend on your business and where you want to take the business in the future. Yeah, totally agree. So that said, what would be your first thought when faced with this hiring decision? Can you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, we've got to talk about the pros and cons of hiring a qualified tradie or or apprentice. And and we will eventually get back and touch that. But I just want to talk about something else first, because I think the first thing you've got to look at is what is the style of work you are doing in your business now? And what is the style of work you're doing in your business for the future? Because I believe on the different styles of work you do, there's pros and cons for both options. 
And once you do these pros and cons, it'll kind of dictate to you the right decision you need to make. Yeah, fair enough. Because if you predominantly work with builders, I suppose, or on a building site, for instance, they tend to need a lot of manpower, right? You don't Mm. really need four qualified plumbers running around on top dollar doing what I class as repetitive work. It's just too expensive. In that case, maybe you're going to lean towards hiring an apprentice who isn't maybe paid as much and actually doesn't mind the repetition because for them, they're simply learning. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think a lot of construction and building companies prefer to have apprentices around because they can train them up exactly how they want them and they can get them to do the hard yakka at a cheaper price as well. And as a plumber, I'm talking tasks like doing chasing. It's not as hard as it used to be with a (laughs) hammer and a chisel, but or digging trenches, you know, all that real hard stuff that most business owners or tradies don't want to really have to do too much these days. Yeah, sure. So while we're on this topic of apprentices, maybe we should actually go through the pros and cons. Yep, let's do it. And I want to put a bit of a disclaimer in here. I am a massive advocate for apprentices, especially these days. But you do need to see if it's worthwhile for your business because they do require a bit of training and sometimes a little bit more effort from yourself. Yeah, I'd say it's a long game. Exactly. And what I said, some owners like hiring apprentices because they can train them up to do the things their way and they look at that as a massive benefit. But for the qualified tradies, they often don't like to change their ways. They've been doing it for many years. It's like that old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, where as a keen apprentices, they're real eager puppies and a lot of the times they are willing to learn. But the training takes a lot of work and you need to be patient and sometimes a very, very calm person as well. Yes, it's true. So with apprentices, would you agree that the exchange of your time and investment in your training makes the apprentice stay with you longer? Like they have built a sense of loyalty to the business? Well, I believe that in the past when you did your apprenticeship with someone it was really the right thing to do was to, to at least do a few years and, and help that company out. After you finish your after apprenticeship. After you finish your apprenticeship and do the right thing. But I'd, I hate to say it, unfortunately, I don't think that is the case anymore. I just think the grass is always greener and, and you know, things have actually changed. So, you know, I just don't think people stick around for years like they used to, you know, At Dr. Drip, on average, our apprentices would stay with us around about six years or so, but two of my best apprentices and our our leading hand for many years, they stayed with us for 11 years. So, Mm. And they were two of my best employees. If I look back on the whole 21 years at Dr. Drip, they've been two of my best employees. So I think, you know, apprentices these days are chasing the dollar, chasing the grass is greener, but there's sometimes it's just nothing you can really do when they've got their mind set on leaving. Yeah, it's interesting. I tend to agree. But I do think if you're having people leave the business all the time, then people need to look internally and have a look at the culture of the business so that the business becomes that greener grass and they actually choose to stick around. Absolutely. So that said, are there any other considerations to make when you're hiring an apprentice? Yeah, there is. When you hire an apprentice these days, um, I know here in New South Wales, you've got to go through the apprenticeship board and you have an interview and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. So it does take a little bit more time for the business owner to set up an apprentice. And the reason why we go to this apprenticeship board is it's meant to be good for the apprentice and it's meant to be good for the business owner as well. And over the years, these boards have been great, but 
listen, at the end of the day, I mean, we had one guy that just, he just wasn't the right fit. So they come in and help with a bit of mediation, but they can't do much. And a lot of these apprentices, when they join you, they're meant to stay for the full term. But if someone wants to leave, they just want to leave. And and I felt like sometimes, yet again, us business owners, I'm talking to the apprenticeship board and I'm like, well, this is the situation and they're trying to fix it. And I'm like, but as a business owner, that's not fair. Like here I am rolling out the red carpet trying to fix all the issues. They're giving me nothing. They just want to leave and you guys are like, well, there's nothing we can do. So Oh, I don't know. I was a bit annoyed about it, to be honest. Well, I would say the apprenticeship board is actually mainly set up to protect the apprentice because they're classed as being young. And yeah. I can imagine back in the day mm. that some business owners perhaps really took advantage yeah. of the, the apprentices. So they're kind of being placed in a position of trust. It's like a parent, you know, a guardian who's not a parent who actually understands the industry. So I, I, I believe they have their place but I hear what you're saying mm. from a business owner perspective. It can get challenging when perhaps that apprentice is going MIA and not going to TAFE, for instance, but that's on your shoulders to follow them up. Yeah. The apprenticeship board doesn't do that, do no, they? No, that's right. And um, and that's where I had a, a, a bit of a challenge with them. But you're exactly right. The reason they'll probably board in were to look after the apprentices. But another thing to consider for the business owners and why apprenticeships are so good is there's a hell of a lot of incentives around at the moment, aren't they? They're really trying to ramp it up so we can get more apprentices out there working. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we as an industry, want more apprentices we to do. come through, don't we? So I actually was reading about this because there is a new incentive just kicked in. It actually started in July of 2022. So let me just read it to you. It says that if you're on the list, employers get a wage subsidy of around 10% of wages for the first and second year apprentices and 5% of wages for third year apprentices. And then it goes on to say, if you're not on the list, then employers get reimbursed $1,750 for a full-time apprentice or $875 each installment for a part-time apprentice. I know that's a lot of detail, but the short of it is, check it out online. There are some great benefits to you as a trade business owner if you choose that taking on an apprentice is the right thing to do. Yeah, it's not, you know, we always look back and it's not as good as what it was, but you know what? It's better than a kick in the head, right? So um, <laughs> I think anything's better than that, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> So talking about style of work, you raised this earlier, Andy, if you worked in service or maintenance style work like strata, real estate and residential customers, would you lean one way or the other when hiring an apprentice or qualified tradie? Yeah, I mean, it really does depend on your business goals and and the way, you know, where you're taking the business. But I, I do think in a service and a maintenance style sort of business, um, you normally only have one person turn up to a job. And if you're doing small jobs and you don't need two people, then it's probably better to have a qualified person there. A lot of the times they're more mature, they're, they're older, they've been around for a while, they know what needs to be done. And sometimes customers do look at it and go, why is there two people here? I'm paying for two people. And as Ted said, this is just a, a one-person job. I definitely would say um, something to think about is if you need that person to actually be making money or profit for your business immediately, yeah. because that's when you're going to need a qualified tradesman because once you've trained them your way, you have an expectation that you can class them as billable time, whereas you've got to carry an apprentice. Again, it's dependent on the business and its goals, but I do think in a service and maintenance style business that 
qualified trades are easier to work with. Firstly, when you're doing this kind of work, you're typically only sending one person out for each job and the price of the job is based on that one person's labour. So if you're hiring an apprentice, a lot of the times you're not meant to send them out to a job on their own because they don't have the technical skills to do it by themselves. Or you're either increasing your pricing to accommodate the extra labour for the apprentice and then all of a sudden the customer's copying a different price. Right. I guess if the point was trying to lighten your load because you have too much work. Which is a good problem to have. Yes. Then what you are really after is that qualified tradie to take on that overflow work and make profit for you almost immediately. Yeah, good point. I think another thing to add here is that Whilst, yes, the apprentices don't have the technical skills just yet, I also don't think the young guys have the communication skills that maybe once we all did. I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little bit like some of these younger guys, not all of them, not all of them are some of the younger guys. They've just got their face stuck in their phone all day, every day, and they're grown up texting each other and using social media and they've just lost that ability to have a really good conversation with a stranger face-to-face. Yeah, you're not wrong. I reckon our kids could spend 24-7 playing around on their phones and iPads if they could. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I feel like throwing them in the bin some days. The phones, that is not the kids. <laughs> Seriously, uh, the kids. it's crazy how tech-savvy <laughs> yeah. the new generations are, though, compared to when we were kids because that stuff just didn't exist. Yeah, no, it didn't. And instead of sitting inside on your phones or out in the yard tinkering with our bikes, building building forts, climbing trees. Mm. We knew you had to come home when the street lights came yeah. on. Jeez, we're sounding <laughs> old now. Oh. Exactly. So when I became a tradie, I kind of already had some technical skills, you know. Like my old man was a mechanic and I used to change the oil and the oil filters and do spark plugs and do all these kind of things and fix our bikes. But the kids these days, you know, they have a problem with their bike and the chain falls off and they're like, oh, my bike's screwed. I need a new bite, baby. That might be going too far, but hey, you're not wrong. I know we're generalising, but the younger generation do lack decision making, that decision process. It's like we have to teach them how to think. Yeah, I agree. They just need to be taught and, and that's it. And you can teach them. They're very teachable. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, when you have a tradie that's qualified, he walks into a customer's house they need to take the customer through specific sales sort of process, go over the job and say the right things at the right times and make sure the customer feels the confidence that this tradie is oozing, you know. And a lot of the times the customer's got to go, this person is the right person to do the job. And if you're sending a tradie who lacks these communication skills and they're staring at their boots and they're, oh, Mr. Jones, how you going? Well, the customer really isn't willing to go ahead with the work. They might do the first initial job they called you for because they've taken the day off, but if you're ever looking at upselling and cross-selling, you have Buckleys and there's probably a lot of work you missed out on. Yeah, you definitely don't want that to happen. It means uh, you've missed out on repeat work. So this is the benefit of mature age apprentices, something I know that you like doing in Dr. Drip, right? Yeah, I think in Dr. Drip, you know, over the years it changed. When I first started, it was all about hiring tradies, you know, because that's what I needed. And then as the business grow, you know, we needed someone digging the holes and doing other stuff. Let's get a few apprentices. And then we got back to tradies. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, the apprentices are hard work. We'll just get tradies. But then it sort of flipped again and it was hard to get good tradies. And it's like, well, let's get an apprentices. Some of my best tradies 
have been from apprentices and I flipped it on its head again. But I didn't go for young apprentices. We went for mature age apprentices, you know, guys that even had degrees, you know, 25, 28, 30. And these guys are just so confident and they've been in the workforce for a long time and they just had that worldly experience and they were really good for us. Yeah, their communication skills are certainly stronger, which is important when you're face-to-face with customers. Yeah, you're still not meant to leave them to complete work on their own. No. But, um, you know, they do cost a little bit more than a, a young apprentice. But you know what? I really liked the mature apprentices and they were absolute killer for us. And I thought it was a really good option for what we needed in Dr. Drip, which was a service-based business. Yeah. So, or perhaps for a service-based business or for maintenance-style work specifically, you might prefer to hire a qualified tradie so that you can start making money almost immediately. We talked about this before. Yeah. You just have to train the new recruit to follow your processes and pretty much away they go. Yeah. It's just easier said than done at the moment, isn't it? I know a lot of us um, all around Australia are talking about, you know, it's just so hard to get decent qualified tradies at the moment. And um, if you do find a decent qualified tradie, oh my God, they are asking for absolute massive bucks, sign-on bonuses, massages, haircuts, a trip away every year, (laughs) you name it, they want it. And you know what? There's a hell of a lot of businesses out there right now that are actually giving that to them. So that's what's driving the market into this scenario where everyone's on top dollars getting all the bills and whistles. Yeah. So sometimes you can't compete with that though, right? So maybe you do need to look at hiring an apprentice. Then all you need to do is make a few changes to how you operate though on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, exactly. If you can't compete with these big dollars, then maybe hiring an apprentice is the the right thing for you. But you just got to realise that when you're on site, you still need to be charging the apprentice out at the right amount of money at the very, very minimum just to cover their costs. And, And the thing with apprentices as well, you know, depending on the structure, they either have one day off a week or they have a week off a month. And these are these other big overheads that a lot of people just don't take into account. And if you have got them in their truck and they're working by themselves, well, that's a truck off the road too for a day, a week, or a week, a month. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes in with that. And and obviously, there's a lot of on-site training that you need to do when you have an apprentice as well. Yeah, I suppose this decision about whether you employ an apprentice versus a tradie will also depend on your business structure, like whether you're a one-man band right now versus you have a larger existing team. If it's just you in the business, an apprentice might be considered the smarter first hire in terms of wages, perhaps, because they're cheaper. But it's maybe not so smart in terms of having someone else make money straight away for you. And that takes a load off you, right? Because it's billable time is really important for a trade business. And if you've already got a larger team, an apprentice might be considered the smart hire because they can be paired up with someone else on the team. Or it might not because you might be ready to add another truck on the road for growth. So it might be better to have a tradie. Yeah, well, lots to think about. Oh, there's so much to think about when you go through this. So let me just summarise perhaps what came out then. If you can get a top qualified tradie and pay them good money and they're amazing from the start, that's great because they're confident, they're independent, they're billable from the start and they're going to help make profit immediately. But they do cost a bit more in terms of wages and perhaps won't change their ways to follow your systems. And it could cause you a bit of grief where you're trying to build a strong culture. 
And for apprentices, you can train them how you want. They're fresh-faced and perhaps ready to get stuck into the industry and their wages are that little bit cheaper. But training them does take time. Their communication skills might need some work and although you can charge your rate to recoup their cost, it will take a few years before they can make a real true profit for you where they are doing jobs on their own. You can only hope the investment of your time will pay off with them staying long-term within your business and you can develop them into a leading hand with far greater responsibilities. It's a bit of a long game and and that's how it worked for us and our leading hand. Yeah. Whew. That's uh, That was pretty full on, hey? But yes. we did it. <laughs> so now I dare say the listeners that are faced with this dilemma are now armed with a few considerations, I suppose, to help make that right decision. Yeah, and that's it. And, and as we said from the start, there's no clean cut. You've got to look at your business, the type of work that you do, and make the decision that's right for you. And as we all know, there's pros and cons and everything, but make sure you just do the right decision for you and your business. So that's a big hell yeah! Another tradie toolbox question. Done and dusted, baby. And I'd say that that's about a wrap for this week's episode as well. So you know what? We will catch you all next week. Yeah, good. But hold on. Before we go, if anyone out there listening has a question for us for the toolbox that we can chat about, then feel free to email through your question to podcast at lifestyletradie.com.au. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions for me specifically or are interested in elevating your trade business, let's jump on a strategy session call and we can come up with an action plan together. Simply click on the link in the show notes or head to lifestyletradie.com.au to book it in. Yeah, you know what? We've both been helping trade business owners for over 13 years and would love to help you too. How about you stick around and listen to what some of our members have to say? See you next week. Don't wait. These guys are very honest and open. They share so much information, personal as well as um, business. Uh, It's a holistic approach to life, not just uh, how to run your plumbing business. Yeah, definitely join Lifestyle Trading. The amount of support and knowledge which which is within the program is valuable. Um, The other thing is uh, the community that Lifestyle Trading has developed is amazing. There's been so many times where I've lent on the community's advice where we've had certain issues that we've been able to bring it up in our you know, Facebook group. You get plenty of answers that you can actually action. You don't know what you don't know. Lifestyle Trading has a huge sense of community. Just a great group of people just hanging out, helping everyone out and they help you out. Just hanging out after the events is always fun as well. Some great speakers come along and definitely always, always learning stuff from every event we go to. Do it. Like, don't hesitate. Every year that you put it off, there's just an extra year that you lose. You don't get this time back. That's one thing that we can never buy is time. So if you need help, get it. Subscribe to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business Now, wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Rate and write us a review or check out the show notes at lifestyletradie.com.au forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hell yeah.